Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast, Season 7, Episode 18. A big piece of advice if you are making that transition is take time to be a fly on the wall and observe and soak in the community and the area that you're uh, working within. That's going to be helpful to build trust within, you know, um, your tactical athletes that are coming through. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. This is the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I'm Eric McMahon. Today's episode is about tactical strength and conditioning. We're joined by Catherine Wallace, who's been working in the tactical strength and conditioning space for the Navy, Marine Corps, and Air Force for a number of years, and is now working on the coaching and education side of the profession. Catherine, thanks for being on. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. So what led you into strength and conditioning and specifically working in tactical? Um, so what kind of got me started within this field, uh, I was a college athlete, uh, ran track and field, and um, my older brother was a strength coach for quite some time. So um, love the sport, but found myself loving being in the weight room and kind of putting the puzzle pieces together when it came to training. So learning from my brother uh, to begin with and kind of having him as just a great role model and leader within the field, um, knew that this was an area that I kind of wanted to dive into. I initially thought that um, I was going to go the education route. Um, growing up, you know, with a military family, my father served for over 30 years, um, and almost every male on both sides of my family, um, going back every generation, has served in the military. So it's, it's really been a close piece to my heart um, and a community that I've wanted to serve. So I grew up in the DOD system, going to those schools, and I always thought, you know, I want to serve those that are serving. And so how do I give back? Um, and I would teach. But um, once I figured out that I could kind of turn my passions and hobbies into a career um, and serve that way, I really just... Uh, fell in love with it and was like, I'm going to dive headfirst in and see where we can go within um, this field. Uh, I like how you said turning your passions and hobbies to a career uh, that resonated with me. I think it'll resonate with a lot of our, our coaches out there who we love the weight room. We wouldn't be in this profession. If you didn't, you love the training aspect of sport or whatever drives you into this profession. But uh, we spend a lot of time in the weight room, time under the bar and, uh, the, that we can turn that into a profession is really meaningful for us. So it's really cool that you shared that. You have a military family, you grew up in it, around it, and now working in the tactical strength and conditioning space. Can you break down tactical strength and conditioning for our listeners who maybe work in other areas of the profession? What are the roles in tactical like, and where are some of the opportunities to break in? Absolutely. Um, so this role is it's super unique. It's different, um, but it's probably, I, I mean, I'm a little biased here, but I think it's the most rewarding position you could have. Um, you are serving just a endlessly thankful population that is just seeking your knowledge, your guidance, um, and they want to grow. Now you're running into so many different pivoting positions and roles um, within the community. You have people coming in that need a wide variety of training, whether that's you know, pre and post deployment work, um, or you're working just, you know, with a day to day, um, you know, day to day active duty person. Um, so 
So training aspects are always changing and shifting. So it creates um, a world uh, that forces you to be creative, um, adaptive, which I think is great. It's, it's very challenging in its own ways, but I think it's a really exciting process if you have that kind of open mindset into learning and growing. Um, myself not serving within the community, it's, um, it's been great because it's forced me to kind of get out of my shell and dive into like, hey, what do you guys do? What does your role look like? What is your lifestyle? Let me learn from you so I can adapt and adjust and create something that works for you. You know, meeting that person where they are uh, within their career, within their day to day. And so um, it's a very humbling role in a lot of ways, because like I said, you're working with a community that is different, it's unique, um, but it's it's truly incredible because like I said, it's, it's a community that is super, super grateful. And it's, it's interesting because I'm like, hey, I know I'm here to serve you. And they're like, nope. Like, we don't matter. We're, we're here to get the job done. Um, whereas, you know, when you're working in college athletics or, you know, high school athletics, um, you know, it, it's it's fairly structured. You kind of know the pre and post season work, um, you know, kind of how they need to perform and what they need to execute within. Whereas within the tactical world, you know, it's you need to be 100 percent, 24, 7, 365. Right. And it's like, how do we go about that when there's so many different stressors and different um phases of life that are thrown at these guys. So um, like you said, from the coaching role, it's, it can be overwhelming when you first step into this um, and it's, it's challenging, but the biggest piece is truly getting to know who you're working with, uh, figuring out their why and how you can create something that fits their mold and what they need. And that I think takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of like yourself out of the picture um, but it all circles back to like the people that work within tactical are there to serve others. They're there to give. Um, and so it's, it's kind of just a different feel, um, which is something that, that I truly love and it challenges you and builds you in so many different ways. You highlight a shift in mindset from, uh, the sport environment to the tactical environment of just what the demands are and the expectations are. And, from the coaching perspective, do you feel like tactical strength and conditioning is accessible for coaches coming in from the sports space? I know you're, you sort of represent that path coming in, but you mm -hmm. had good background knowing a little bit about the military from the, uh, from your family and things like that. Do you feel like for coaches that maybe come up in sport or different areas of sport, that have interest in tactical, they can learn that and pursue a, maybe a career in tactical strength and conditioning. Absolutely. Um, I think the beauty, if you were to transition is, you know, if you're working in athletics, you truly know the X's and O's of strength and conditioning. Um, you know how to kind of plug and play the reps and sets and stuff, which is truly, truly important to understand the science of that. Being able to apply that into a world that in so many ways is still kind of lacking that or the accessibility to that is huge. Um, I would say a big piece of advice if you are making that transition is take time to be a fly on the wall and observe and soak in the community and the area that you're uh, working within. That's going to be helpful to build trust within, you know, um, your tactical athletes that are coming through. Uh, with you sometimes being a civilian, sometimes there's that little push like, eh, you know, you can tell me what to do, but like, you don't know who I am. 
And so as a coach, it's like, you're right. I have absolutely no idea who you are or what you're going through. So how do we meet in the middle and having those conversations? And it takes a lot of vulnerability, I think, uh, within both the coach and the person that you're working with. But creating that atmosphere, creating that culture from the get-go and allowing that time to just absorb and soak in as to you know what they need, why they need it, and figuring out the individual or the team or the community's why and centering around that is, is where I think you'll be the most successful. And I think that can be really hard because you want to dive in. You're like, hey, I have all this experience as a coach and I want to show you and tell you all these great things. But like, hold on, you got to pump the brakes just a bit and understand who you're working with first um, before we start throwing stuff out at them. So I get the opportunity to go to tactical annual training with the NSCA. And one thing I really love about our tactical tactical community is that we have professionals working in all areas of the tactical profession, uh, not just military, but the public safety side, uh, law enforcement, fire, rescue, uh, on the military side, not it feels like not all jobs are the same uh, from maybe from branch to branch, or uh, you might be working with infantry or a more technical field that uh, requires, uh, has different physical demands. Is there a strategy that you recommend for coaches getting into tactical or aspiring to work in tactical to really find where their niche is of where they uh where they can serve the profession best, uh, just given the diversity and opportunity that, that exists. Yeah, there's, um, I would say doing your research and understanding the role and asking the right questions within any kind of, um, you know, uh, opportunities that start to come up. If you're, you know, if you're sitting through interviews, really asking what the needs are um, and what the day-to-day looks like and where you guys are progressing. If you're working with military, um, one, if you're looking to make change and progress, knowing that the government moves slow. And so having the patience, uh, but also the endurance to kind of keep pushing the needle forward uh, within that field or within whatever it is that you're trying to achieve is huge. But um, there were definitely some huge shifts and pivots uh, working with these different branches. So working with the Marine Corps, it was a blessing and a curse to work with them first because they're like the physical side of the Marine Corps is um, top tier. It is a huge, huge priority. And when it comes to the holistic approach to that, I would say that they're probably the furthest behind in other branches. And they're, the Marine Corps is absolutely, you know, starting to work in that field, which is great to see, but that physical demand is, is always a top priority. So you hit the ground running as a straight coach there. I mean, you can tell Marines to do just about anything and they won't question it. You know, you can say, hey, we're going to go crawl in the dirt and roll in the mud. And they're like, okay, what, what do you have next? Um, whereas shifting over to the Air Force side, they are much more of a holistic approach. Um, it's a little bit more of a corporate feel, especially if you're working with, let's say, like the operational support team. You're working with a psychologist, a physical therapist, and it's a little more clinical because you're falling under medical. So... I made the mistake of coming in kind of with that same hard charging like approach as I did with the Marine Corps and the airmen were like, whoa, whoa time out. Like this is different. And so I, it was not like the Air Force's fault. Um, it wasn't because they're less than or anything like that. It's just a very, very different mindset and approach to how we train and why training is important. 
And it really made me go back to my roots of like, okay, why are we here? Understand your community, understand the purpose and intent behind why we're training and where this is going and understanding your audience. Um, so every base has a different feel to it. So even if you're working with the Air Force, um, I was up in Delaware. So there's a lot of cargo that is shipped in and out. Um, a lot of like all the canine units uh, for every branch go through um, Dover before they're deployed. Um, so there's some smaller uh, units out there um, and they do different things. Whereas if you go to a different Air Force base like out in New Mexico, that's gonna be a very different feel. Um, so if you are looking like what branch do I go with or you know, I don't know anything about this base or this area, being able to ask those questions um, in any kind of an interview process and understanding like, hey, am I working with a human performance team? Am I doing my own thing? Am I contracted? Am I in the GS world? They're all very different approaches. Um, and so just asking the right questions, doing your research before you just kind of dive in and you're like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was at all. Because that I think is typically the most shocking factor to most people that transition in or if they pivot to a different role. Sounds like there's a pretty good argument for not just learning your field and your in your role and what you do as a strength and conditioning coach. You mentioned the physical approach versus the holistic approach, but also learning your base or where you're stationed and uh, and the department you're going to be working with, it, it, because there are some intangible differences from from place to place in different areas of the field. I want to shift to your involvement with the NSCA. You were involved with the most recent TSAC-F certification standard setting and job task analysis. Uh, you've been actively involved with the NSCA pretty much since you became a member. What has the NSCA given you as a professional? Um, so really just a huge, huge foundation and community. Um, it's it's been an incredible transition um, to kind of go and and step into this field. Um, it, it can be super intimidating, and I fell into the role uh, when I was about 23, so I was right out of college, um, and started kind of volunteering some time um, in some of the bases and working within the community. And I was like, hey, what what do I need to do to get hired? Like, how do I get into this? Um, and everybody talked about the CSCS, and so I'm like, okay, I know I need to start getting into this a little bit more. Um, but the first certification I ever received was my TSAC. And so, you know, being able to kind of learn from that um, while applying, it was great. But then once you start to get into that community and going to the conferences and, and talking with other coaches that are in that same position, it was like, holy cow, this is a cool group of people doing some cool stuff. And so how do I pour into this? Um, so not only just to give back to the community, but I mean, to also grow and develop. Um, and so with that, you know, eventually got my CSCS. And um, so the NSCA just provides so much great content, opportunities to collaborate, to communicate, um, to grow yourself, and then also to grow other coaches. Um, and so to be able to kind of get, you know, um, to be able to like grow within yourself and then be able to give back to other people, it's just, it's a really, really cool opportunity. And so the NSCA is great about balancing those two things. I love that. I love going to tactical every year. Uh, it's, it's a different event for me coming from the sports side. And one thing I, I pick up on really quick is how close knit the tactical community is within the NSCA. Uh, I've had to first year, I had to learn a lot of names and who's who and where they're working and what they do and the acronyms, right. You know, the military acronyms specifically, I mean, it's uh it's a different world. It's a different language. Uh, 
but the camaraderie and just feel of that event is it's really different than any other NSCA event. And I, and I just love what the tactical community provides the NSCA. We have a great staff uh, serving the tactical community, the professional development group. And so if you haven't to our listeners, if you haven't been to that event or haven't gotten involved or want to learn more, uh, we'll definitely put some things into the show notes where you can engage with that. Catherine, I'm going to, throw a real big curveball at you here. I saw in your bio that you do some work with college and professional place kickers. Yes, that is correct. Um, That's a little yeah, different than, uh, than, than your tactical <laughs> community. And how'd you find that niche? Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Usually when people see that um, on a resume or something, they're like, I'm sorry, what is this? Uh, so um Random fact, I, I was a place kicker uh, in high school. My older brother was a kicker. He um, he kicked in college as well. And uh, when he graduated from high school, I was coming in and the coaches were like, hey, we don't have a kicker. Maybe it runs in your blood. And I was like, oh, good joke. And they're like, no, seriously, we need a kicker. And we think that you can do it. Like, okay. So um, started working under Paul Woodside, a uh, great coach up in Northern Virginia who worked with my brother and he did these winter conditioning camps uh, for everybody that was in the off season. And they were just like, just pure chaos. You know, everybody's like throwing up and just in misery at 6am in the winter, but like, it just, I don't know, it was just a phenomenal opportunity and um, and great small group of people. And so I was like, Hey, I think I'm going to start kicking. And so uh, kicked all throughout high school. And um, I even got recruited to kick in college and it was, I was like, nope, no, no, we're not going to go down that route. Um, <laughs> but so with that, I, you know, once I um, graduated from college, I was like, hey, how can I continue to help? Because like, there's just so many things that I learned from um, from Woodside there. He's great kicking coach, but he more so just will challenge you on the cognitive side and, and put you in very stressful situations. And um, he's one of those coaches that you never really know what the heck he's talking about in the moment. But on the drive home, you're like, oh, OK, everything clicks. So being exposed to that, I'm like, yep, this is somebody I want to continue to work with. Um, and so I'm kind of like a traveling strength coach with that. So over summers when he's doing small camps um, or, you know, holidays, if I'm, I have family in the Northern Virginia area. So if I'm visiting with them, then I'll drop in and we'll do some work, whether that's um, on the cognitive performance side of things um, or, you know, a lot of mobility or strength training movements and stuff like that. And um, to the point where, you know, I've worked with some of their kickers like off to the side on their strength training abilities. Um, and just being able to kind of dive into that. So it's it's a really like unique group of, of people. Um, you know, so I've worked with like middle school all the way up to the professional level. And yeah, it's, it's been really great. That's so interesting. And and we don't hear that a lot of coaches, you know, finding just a small niche group in the field, uh, even within a sport. I mean, football obviously is a hotbed for strength and conditioning. I mean, they, the NSCA coaching audience, we were we were founded on football strength mm -hmm. and conditioning in a lot of ways. But even within that sport, we know that place kickers, punters are often the overlooked group and, and definitely don't have the same physical demands as some of the other positions. But you highlight the importance of the, the cognitive demands and dealing with pressure. You mentioned before the importance of understanding the holistic aspects on the tactical side. How do you feel about strength and conditioning coaches today needing to really understand these more cognitive or holistic approaches to training? 
do you do you feel like this is an area we lack as a profession or are we making some progress there? Oh, I think this field is making tremendous progress uh, within within the holistic approach. I think I think the word holistic is kind of being butchered right now and it's still considered as almost being a little soft. Um, but there are so many different areas that if you were when I think of a successful um, and just like phenomenal coach, I think of one that it's not about the X's and O's like that's great. You could have the best program in the world. But if it doesn't match the person, if you don't understand the intent, the why, the purpose um, behind it, you're only scratching the surface. So uh, when we refer to that holistic approach, we are, we're, we're talking about, you know, knowing the athlete, knowing the culture, how you change or shift the culture as needed. Um, and again, understanding the why behind who you're working with, why you're working with them, where this is going and creating that relationship. When people talk about, you know, the most inspirational coaches they've ever had. It's not because they're like, man, they had me perform the best I ever could. It was, you know, that was probably an effect of the leadership, the communication, the relationship that was built behind, you know, the athlete and the coach, and then what that was able to expand into and how you can pour into that. I love that. And there's that holistic approach really comes through in your answer of how you how you embrace the the work of our field, but also, you know, the heart we have to have, the, the heart of the coach that uh, we care about our athletes, we care about our, uh, the soldiers we're working with, we care about, uh, really, we're, we're citizens of our, of our field, and we need to take that same give back mentality that of the people that, uh, especially in the tactical space that we're working with. So uh, I love that. There, well, there's that quote of, you know, your athletes and, and those around you don't care about how much you know until they know about how much you care. And that's, that I think is what, that's what bridges the gap between athletes and coaches. And, and that's the culture and relationship that you have to strive uh, for when you're starting anywhere. Um, that's, that's, in my opinion, the absolute game changer within this field, whether you're working tactical, whether you're personal training or, you know, working in athletics. Yeah, I love that. And it highlights, you know, we are an NSCA community that is broad and diverse. We represent a lot of different areas of the profession, and there's a lot we can learn from each other uh, where mm -hmm. one area of the field really may need to focus on some of these more holistic or cognitive aspects, whereas other areas of the field, it's still very focused on the physical and and usually it's a little bit of somewhere in between, depending on where you're at. So there's a lot of professionals out there you can dig into and get a lot of insight from. And that's what I love about being involved with the NSCA. Catherine, I want to ask you about your current role, University of Health and Performance. You do some coaching, you do some education. Who are you working with there? Yeah, so the uh, University of Health and Performance, we're, we're out in uh, Bentonville, Arkansas um, area here, and it is, um, it's a school that's been set up or a program that's been set up for both active duty um, and veterans. So we, we run a plethora of courses. Um, we have what we refer to as like our CPT course, where um, you can come in, um, you spend three weeks on the ground with us, um, and we are building you as um, a certified personal trainer, but there that's kind of 
just the surface level. Uh, we, we are tapping into how you become a true coach, what that looks like. Um, whether you want to take your service um, into the fitness field or strength conditioning, or you're looking to pour into whatever it is that you're doing in the moment, whether that's, you know, you're working in corporate or you're just looking to build within, you know, yourself or your own community, we tap into the importance and what defines a successful coach. And so with that, you know, it's, do you have a spouse? Do you have a friend? Are you, a, you know, in any kind of leadership position? If that's the case, you're absolutely a coach because a coach has the opportunity to, you know, mentor and to be a positive experience for somebody else. And so with this course, uh, we are building into communication skills, leadership abilities, uh, goal setting tactics, uh, different areas to like transition um, and adjust mindset for different opportunities. Uh, we look at, you know, daily intentions and, and just build off of all of these small things to really create a strong mindset moving forward, uh, not only for yourself, but also for those around you. So when you are coaching or in any kind of leadership position, you can pour into that and create success um, and create a positive experience. So when they're coming through, it's, yeah, there's the physical side of things. We are teaching them um, how to, you know, coach on the floor, going through the hands-on areas. We, you know, start each student out with, they have a one-to-one -one coaching session and very basic movement patterns. And then it expands into, all right, now you're coaching for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and you're building on how many people you're running through um, different movement patterns. They get more advanced. Um, so they're leaving our facility, knowing how to work every piece of equipment there. They're understanding programming and how to implement it and how to work and shift and maneuver on the floor as a coach. But there's also the backside training of like the mindset and uh, the communication skills um, and diving into like a value system. And for so many of our veterans in active duty, like giving them the time and space to tap into that is super, super rare. Um, we have found that, especially with veterans, there is sometimes a shift in values or a loss in um, values when they take their uniform off because they're like, I have been serving, I have been pouring into so many areas and I don't know what to do. Um, and so with that, UHP offers the opportunity to like, here's how you continue your service, whether you're in or out of uniform. And here's how you find your purpose and create a value system, not only for yourself, but set this tone moving forward, whether that's within your business, within your family, within your community, whatever that looks like. So it's really tapping into, again, like that holistic approach to yourself, your life, creating that foundation, and then how you continue to pour into that. Um, so that was a really loaded question for our first CBD course, but we also have an integrated health coaching um, course that you can go through. And so that just expands even further on uh, behavior change, goal setting opportunities, um, and so many different areas as to how you become a board certified health coach. Uh, we are, UHP right now is the only in-person course where you can get certified through that. Um, so really, really cool within that. Uh, we do some executive experiences where we take a lot of these same foundations um, and concepts and we apply them to different corporations. Uh, we've worked with a plethora of people, you know, from architects all the way up in New York City. We've had um, headquarters from GNC and Walmart come through and work with us um, to tie into, again, that value system within yourself and how you pour that into your own business and create 
whether that's a more successful year financially within the team culture. Um, and so there's a lot of different moving parts um, that we work with here, but it's, it's unique, it's interesting, and, and we're rolling out all kinds of phenomenal opportunities. It's really interesting in the, the voice of empowering veterans to maybe find a new why, you know, essentially. Absolutely. And even from the sports side, I think of this as athletes get to the end of their, their playing career and it's harder for them to connect with, well, why do I, why should I keep training? Or this has been my driving force for all these years, even for some student athletes, for many student athletes, they aspire to pursue their sport, you know, maybe more than what they're studying in school, you know, whether that's good or bad, who knows, but, you know, I, it's, it's empowering to see that for, on the military side, on the tactical side, but it really does apply across is that we can be these inspirational skill development, life skill development coaches uh, inherently through strength and conditioning, through personal training, through fitness. And we see the connection and in, in values aligned between hard work and in really hard work in any environment in the, in the training environment, but also how that goes into the corporate sector. So I think that's really interesting. I think it's uh, it's telling of the growth of our field and just how great the professionals are. We have now uh, maybe we weren't as professional as an industry as we are today in years past. And it's nice to see that, you know, these major companies and brands would come to a, uh, NSCA certified strength and conditioning coach to learn things when they're, they're in some of these highly empowered, impactful roles in their companies. So, uh, it, it says a lot about where our profession is, where we're going, Catherine, I really appreciate you, uh, sharing your perspective with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for allowing me to share this and, and just be able to chat through this and expand more with you. It's, it's always great to collaborate with other coaches that are you know, seeking and pursuing within this field. Awesome. So I'm sure some of our listeners want to reach out, connect with you. What's the best way to do that? Um, so I try to be fairly active on social media, promoting kind of what we're doing out um, with our veterans and active duty. So um, I also hate promoting uh, my social media because that always feels kind of tacky, but, um, but no, uh, Instagram is a great place to find me um tac tac dot coach dot cath c-a-t-h um or just shoot me an email um catherine dot university um at hp.com okay we will add those to the show notes and make sure people can reach out connect with you however they'd like to and it's okay with the instagram we we live on the gram here with the nsca coaching podcast so Uh, definitely not tacky. We live in this social media world here and we want to get this out there. I think it's, uh, it's going to be a great episode for our tactical community to be represented on the podcast, but, uh, we thank you. Thanks for being part of tactical, our annual conference here, uh, and, and just everything you do as a volunteer with the NSCA, we appreciate you. No, absolutely. Uh, it's truly a blessing to be here and, and hope to continue to pour in. So thank you. Awesome. That was Catherine Wallace, University of Health and Performance. 
And this was an episode of the NSCA Coaching Podcast. We try to feature all areas of the NSCA here. And this episode really got into the tactical strength and conditioning community. Special thanks to Sorenex Exercise Equipment for being a regular sponsor on our podcast. Hi, coaches. This is Mike Caro, longtime college strength and conditioning coach, now working on the tactical side of the profession. The NSCA Coaching Podcast brings highlights from all areas of our growing field to help you navigate your coaching path. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. Thanks for listening. This was the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.